Welcome to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good afternoon and welcome into the podcast. I am Jay. Today is Wednesday, September the 22nd. The year is still 2021. Welcome in. I want to start off today by asking a basic question. And it's actually a question that should be, uh, you know, everyone should be able to easily answer it. Are you focusing on the core missions of your department? Are you focusing on the core missions of the fire service? Now, let's talk about the core mission. Before you run, you have to walk. Before you walk, you have to crawl. And in the fire service, the absolute minimum that you have to be able to provide, you have to be able to answer calls and go to fires, put fires out. You have to be able to go to calls and uh, perform the basic tasks necessary to fulfill your requirements as a department. It's what the public wants. It's what the fire service is all about. Now, as the fire service uh, began to age, get older, more duties were assigned, and that's understandable. Now, the fire service is multidisciplinary. It really is. Cuts across disciplines. Um, there's a lot to be done if, if you want to be a, a good firefighter. But firefighting and any other job is first and foremost about the core, the core mission. You want to fly aircraft? That's fine. You want to fly fighter jets? Great. In order to fly a fighter jet, you have to first be proficient uh, in subjects that relate to aviation. You have to be able to fly first. You have to be able to land an aircraft, and you don't start off on uh, in jets. You just don't. Some people never get to those. That's the way it is. The bottom line is there are people who want to advance to advanced topics without ever coming to know the basics. And knowing the basics and being proficient in the basics, it's, it's different. You can know, yeah, you know what, I need to know how to work that saw. And if the saw fails, what happens? You better be able to know how to use an axe. Period. People who think, oh, no, I'm not messing with an axe. Then leave. Get out of the job. Go home. Go back. Go live in your mom's basement, wherever you came from. The bottom line is the core missions of the fire service are is. Are you focused on them and is your, department's focused, uh, is your department focused on it? And my guess is that in many cases, the answer is no. Your department's not focused on it. Just like a probie, sometimes a department wants to focus on everything before they're even proficient at one thing. Now, I've had this conversation over and over with people, uh, people a lot smarter than I am, over the years. And, and it's always been a thing, you know. What is the depart? What is your department good at? Um, you know, where do they need to work on? What do they need to work on? There are some departments that need to work on everything. 
That's the way that goes. And no department should rest on its laurels. They shouldn't. You know, if you want, if you want to know why some departments are so damn good, you want to know? It's focus. They focus on the core mission. They make sure that each and every day their people understand that their job is first and foremost to take the basic, basic skills and respond to calls. When some sort of advanced technical skill is required, oh, they're there to provide it, but not to the exclusion of the basic skills and the basic core missions of the department. There's no department that is the, you know, rescue-only fire department. And I, there are departments, small departments especially, volunteer departments, that they just do rescue. That's fine. Uh, but they have a core mission. Your department is probably not one of those because they're not that they're not that numerous. But again, why are some departments so damn good? I have a friend of mine who has joined an outstanding department. I might have mentioned him before. Uh, I think one of the ten best departments in the country. And uh, I can tell you, uh, in conversations with him, he is focused. I mean, he is. It's good to hear from him and to hear just how focused he is and how focused the people around him are. That's good news. That is. But for many of us, it's not all that surprising because when you look at the best departments in the country, in in your state, wherever, almost all of them are focused on being good, not on existing. They're not focused on getting through you know, saying, well, boy, I sure hope we don't do anything today. And then the next day, boy, I sure hope we don't do anything today. No, they realize they're going to get calls. They're going to get challenges each and every day. They're focusing on their mission. You have to ask yourself this question and ask it legitimately. The department you work for, is it focused on the core mission? And if it isn't, and you can honestly say, no, you know, it's not. Can you change it? Because if you can't, and for some departments you can't, then why aren't you looking for something better? And everything's a chance. You may end up in something worse. But more than likely, if you're looking for a department that has a mission, you are not going to look. I mean, you're not going to find a bad department. So, just some... Uh, just some a uh, little bit of inspiration off the top, right? Focus. Focus on your mission. Focus on you being better. Focus on the people around you. But again, if you're in a department where there's no mission, where there's nothing, you come in one day, there's something new going on. You come in the next day, oh my gosh, here's something new. We didn't even finish with the other new thing yet. You come in and every day, it's poor communications. Poor communications in a department, poor leaders every single time. There is no, there is no exception to that rule. It, it, there just isn't. And uh, poor leaders, poor communication. Mission focus means that somebody up the chain is focused. And it doesn't matter if it's a chain of three or a chain of 30. If you have that mission focus, we talk about it, hear it, Without end in the military. When I was in the military, it was all about the mission. That's what it was about. That's what you focused on. You're part of the mission. 
the fire service isn't the military. And I don't want to, you know, try to lead anyone astray. It's not. You can walk away at any time. You don't have to be there. But it's paramilitary. The mission matters. Period. Here's a piece of advice that, uh, that I have for everybody out there um, that rides a rig. If you're on an engine, ladder, rescue, whatever it is. Put your phones down when you're on that rig and riding around. Don't have the phone up where people can see you. Now, I am not saying this for any one area, but I am aware that the hammer is going to come down on people for having these phones up. You know, everybody has a phone with a camera now. When people take pictures of, of, uh, of fire cars and, and, and uh, fire engines and ladders and, and rescues and all this kind of stuff, it's not a good scene. It really isn't. So, these photos, they get out. They get to fire chiefs. They get to command staff members. They get to council and commission members. They get all over the place. My point, and look, this is not me. I don't care what you do. You know, if you want to have a phone, have a phone. Um, I mean, you know, if you want to hold it up to your face, that's up to you. I'm just putting this out because I know that some people have a tremendous problem with this habit. And if that phone is up in the air, people taking pictures, if there's an accident, if there's anything, uh, it's going to raise a lot of questions. So when you're in the rig, keep the phone down. It's the best thing I can say. Another thing is this. We have gone over um, for a very long time, the last 40 years, we've, we've been up and down about gear and wearing gear at a, at a fire scene. There are people out there who still won't wear their gear. And the reason they won't wear their gear is because the people in charge of them are stupid. Um, if you're not wearing your gear on a scene, and uh, something goes wrong, and someone is hurt, whatever, God forbid, killed, whatever the case may be, those photos become evidence. And make no mistake about this, there are people taking photographs all the time. It's just like with the phones. They're taking them all the time. And I'm not talking about fire photographers. Fire photographers know, I'm just saying, they know when to take a picture, how to frame that picture, uh, trust me, it, it works. Citizens, if you don't have your gear on, you don't have a leg to stand on. And this is how people get it. A fire chief can be held accountable for his people not wearing gear. That fire chief then, if it's a smart fire chief, goes down to the operations chief or whomever and says, hey, enforce it now. I don't care who you are. I don't care how bad you think you are. Uh, put your gear on. You know, I mean, really, just put it on. And uh, if you've been told, relax, you know, don't, don't put gear on, that's, that's a different story. But just like with the phone, I'm telling you with the gear, uh, it, and trust me, when, when these things hit, they hit hard. People lose their jobs. And then they're going, well, nobody ever told. Yes. Look, if you have to be told to put your gear on, 
going to a call or at a call and you don't know it and you claim you don't know it, I mean, I don't, you don't have a leg to stand on. You really don't. Um, the fire service has known it for a long time now. And if you're not putting your gear on, it's because you're ignorant or you, that's going to be your claim. Oh, I'm ignorant. Well, bottom line is, if you can hear this, put your gear on because I don't care how powerful you might think you are. When outside people get involved, it gets really ugly. You see it on far, far too many line of duty deaths, injuries, newspapers, all kinds of things, and, and uh, it can get very ugly. Really can. Also, uh, and I want to get into some news because there's a lot of news, and uh, yeah, it, it's some of this news is just nuts. Um, but I want to touch on the Orlando fire chief who was. Uh, uh, allegedly uh, on video uh, struck some people in North Carolina and and I said I said right from the get-go that had this been a firefighter a rank-and-file firefighter they'd be dismissed I have not found anything where uh, any sort of decision has been reached by the city now I know they're conducting a quote investigation end quote um, unless and and look this is on video all right Something needs to be done. And the people there, Orlando firefighters, are some of them are pretty upset. Uh, nothing's been done thus far. I'll keep checking, and uh, we'll come back to that. But, you know, we always hear about people going all in on firefighters. I mean, they are. Oh, these guys are stupid. These guys can't. I'm, I'm not the Orlando chief hasn't said that. Um, but I've heard people say it. I'm sure you have, too. Well, when firefighters make a mistake. Well, in this case, the leader's made a, a massive mistake. He has, and that's unfortunate for him, but something needs to be done. Um, and I don't know if they're waiting for the, for the fever to go down a little bit, but uh, it's not going to. It's only going to get hotter. Something needs to be done. Isle of Palm, South Carolina, it's... Uh, uh, on the other side of, of Mount Pleasant, it's a bare island uh, just north of Sullivan's Island, just north of Charleston. Uh, beautiful community there. Um, I used to uh, go over to a place called the Windjammer, uh, and that was that's going way back. Uh, lots of fun on, on the Isle of Palms. Uh, they've been without a fire chief. The police chief's actually been acting as the fire chief. Always a brilliant move. Um, but they now have an interim chief who... Uh, I might end up the full-time chief, uh, but it's certainly the in interim chief. It's Ken Briscoe from North Carolina, uh, 43 years in the fire service, over 15 years as a chief. And uh, uh, Isle of Palms had a long-tenured chief, uh, Ann Graham. Uh, Ann retired after a very long career with Isle of Palms. Um, and then they, I believe they named someone, and that person backed out. It was an interior, or, you know, inside hire. And then the fire chief kind of took over interim, um, and now uh, they now have another interim chief who, who has the firefighting experience. Uh, Kim Briscoe, wish him well during this interim period, and, and if he applies for the job, wish him well on getting it as well. Uh, Isle of Palms is a very, very interesting community. Um, they've had their share of fires over there, believe it or not. Uh, some have gotten really big. Um, 
burned down a U.S. senator's house, or they didn't burn it down. The fire burned down U.S. senator's house, and uh, also I believe it heavily damaged uh, the NASCAR driver Kyle Petty's house. Um, just it's it's a beachfront community, and when they get a fire, the wind's whipping off the ocean. Um, it it can get away real fast. And uh, but an interesting department they have. Uh, their stations are award-winning stations. I mean, they are. Uh, they get architectural awards and, and all sorts of things. But anyway, uh, good luck to Chief, uh, Chief Briscoe there. This is interesting. A fire chief uh, or a chief officer will pay a fine for a conflict of interest in not disclosing friendship with a job candidate. Um, I believe he has to pay five grand, and I believe his boss, the fire chief, or somebody else had to pay like ten grand. Um, this is interesting. You know, we, we talk about ethics and we talk about all these things. Very few people talk about conflicts of interest. This is going to grow in the number of, of fire chiefs and assistant chiefs and deputy chiefs and battalion chiefs who don't disclose. Um, you know, and we talked about it. These people who... You know, you put out a sheet that lists requirements, and it's tailored toward one person on the outside. Um, this happens more than you know. Then when it's not disclosed, well, then it leaves a city or a town hanging. Um, I really believe that we're going to see a lot of that toward the latter part of this year and into 2022. And when I say a lot, it's not going to be two dozen but I think some people are going to be shocked about these conflicts of interest, uh, these uh, people who are promised jobs. Um, and then they come and, and they test, and wow, suddenly they finished first or second or third or fourth um, without the qualifications, uh, without the necessary requirements, or they were moved ahead of others. Um, it's interesting how that works, and it's also interesting when things go wrong. But here's the bottom line. My sole concern is about firefighters. Can they do the job? Are they protected? Um, same goes for, for uh, uh, advancement, you know, promotions. Are they protected? It'd be interesting to watch this. Now I want to get into some stories that uh, it really makes, you, uh, really makes you sick to talk about these. But Palm Harbor uh, Fire Rescue, Florida. Um, uh, I guess it was around 3.30 Eastern this morning. Um, Palm Harbor Fire Rescue crews were, were called to the scene of an accident. And they had two trucks out there, smart. Uh, they blocked several lanes as they responded and as they got there. But a pickup truck ended up colliding with the right side of both fire trucks. The truck then continued north where it hit a firefighter. He was... Uh, helping the victims of the initial accident, um, hit the firefighter, and uh, then struck a fire hydrant. All in all, an absolute and undeniable, uh, you know, just horrific thing to have happen. When you get out on a highway, um, you know, no one, no traffic, no road is ever fully secured. You, you can't operate like that. You know, and then and on board uh, aircraft carriers, the flight deck is always risky. It's always risky. Well, highways are that way too. Um, in this case, the fire department, at least from the appearances, 
they they had two trucks out there. They blocked lanes, and a pickup truck still got through. Why? Because you can't. You know, the only perfect walls are 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 on on blueprints. They're they're nowhere to be seen. Um, but at least they had fire trucks out there. They didn't have cars. They didn't have light duty pickups or even heavy duty pickups. They had fire trucks out there, and uh, still two fire trucks were struck. And it ends up hitting a firefighter. And, uh, you know, all the best to the Palm Harbor uh, firefighter who was injured. Um, keep him in your thoughts and uh, certainly send best wishes to them uh, as he recovers. Again, uh, what's your interstate, highway, whatever, SOP or SOG? What's it say? How often do you practice it? Hmm, interesting. This sucks. Uh Near the town of Star, uh, it's oh southwest of Greenville, South Carolina, in the upstate, a volunteer firefighter is accused of driving under an influence after his fire truck hit a sign and flipped over. Uh, John Russell Hendricks of the Star Fire Department, that's S-T-A-R-R, was responding to a call at 7.30 p.m. on Monday when the truck he was driving careened off the road, um, according to officials. Now, uh, apparently hit a culvert, run into a road sign, and uh, it flipped. There are so many things wrong with this, and and really, I I don't know that I have to point them out to you. Uh, It's 7.30 in the evening. It's not midnight on a Friday night. It's a Monday. I don't know the age of this firefighter. I didn't see the age, but the age is doesn't matter. The bottom line is, and sometimes I think people forget this, this volunteer firefighter is given the trust of the people. That's what happens. I mean, the people, whether through donations or taxes, they fund the fire department. He's given trust. Um, he's driving a rig, allegedly, uh, under the influence. Now, this is no time for the argument that, wow, if I, if I got in trouble every time I drink, doesn't matter. This guy is in trouble. They rolled an engine, apparently, um, hit a culvert, hit a sign. The... Only thing that was good about this, well, there's two things. Number one, nobody else was injured or killed. There were no uh, severe injuries. And with respect to the firefighter, hopefully this just changed his life. That's what you got to hope for. That's if he's found guilty. There is no question but that he should never be around a fire apparatus again, any more than an arsonist uh, should ever be around a a fire department. Now, I say fire apparatus. I don't believe that he should ever be able to drive a fire truck again. Um, You know, this is something that gets in the news. It it can change people's lives uh, for the worse. I mean, imagine if they'd hit somebody. I had, there was another person in the rig, and apparently that person's okay. Um, but, you know, Monday, 7.30 p.m., if you're drinking, 
allegedly. Why are you why get into a fire truck? Seriously. And don't tell me what you did 20, 30, 40 years ago. Doesn't matter. We're talking about today. We're talking about hyper focused news. All right. This is a bad thing for the Star Fire Department, S T A R R. It is. It's it's bad. Um and it's bad for this young man. Um you got to hope it changed his life. I mean, you do, for the better. Uh, but look, don't drink and drive a rig. Don't drink and drive, but don't drink and drive a fire truck. It's not worth it. It isn't. You know, you're not the only driver. And if you are and you're drunk, stay home. Don't even go on the call. Mm, unreal. One more story to share, and it's about an overturned fire truck, but, uh, you know, other than it overturning, no no DUIs or anything like that. Um, a Nashville fire truck was on Briley Parkway, uh, which I believe is 155. It's If you come through Nashville, if you're on the east side of Nashville, you'll see it. Uh, many of you have probably been on it if you've come through Nashville. At any rate, it's been raining in Nashville what seems like 77,000 days. And a lot of, I don't know if that had anything to do with the rig rolling over either. I'm just painting a picture here. Um, it's been raining in the area. They were on Briley Parkway, and uh, the rig rolled. They did take everybody to the hospital. It took the whole crew to the hospital uh, out of an abundance of caution. Um, no serious injuries, at least at my last view of, of, uh, of the release. So um, things happen. They do. There's a huge difference between what happened in Nashville and what happened in, in Star. And, uh, you know, accidents happen, but we can limit them in many ways. And that's the difference there. Anyway, best wishes to everyone who's been involved in the, all these accidents. And, uh, you know, not a good scene. That'll do it for today. We're going to be back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe.